This is Nanak Tagore bringing you episode 4 of the Sane One Unified Student Podcast. Today we have the chance to interview Nina Seibel. Let's dive right in. Hi Ms. Seibel, welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us on episode 4 of the Sane One Unified Student Podcast. Uh, just to get started, would you like to be able to introduce yourself and give us a little background? Sure. I'm Nina Seibel. I've been teaching at Rio for my entire teaching career, so 25 plus years maybe 26 I don't know um thank you for having me I am not a big fan of these kind of things so I hope I don't make mistakes and be forgiving if I do it's all good we're, we're really uh, grateful to have you um how long have you been teaching for it the only time I taught is at Rio so I did my student teaching there and it's the only school I've been at so my son was six so 26 years I believe it is wow uh, what what classes have you taught or do you teach currently? I have taught sophomore English, junior, a teen teaching combo with a history teacher, but she had to leave to have more babies, and so I lost that gig. And I taught honors English three before we turned it into AP, and I've taught AP language, speech, speech and debate, and philosophy. And I know I'm missing something. And a couple recovery credit classes for kids who were deficient in their credits. Sounds like you've covered just about everything. <laughs> in the English area, pretty much, yes. Yeah. All right, so to get started here, I know that you work with the Civitas program at Rio Americano. So could you just kind of talk about that? Just let the listeners know what exactly that program does and what, what do you guys do? Sure. Civitas is a four-year public service and political studies academy, and it is aimed at developing active and engaged citizens for the future who are informed and ready to lead the charge of serving their country and participating in their government. And students take five additional classes on top of the courses that they must take to graduate. And those classes include state and local gov government, introduction to political science. Those are the two courses for freshman year. Sophomore year, they take speech and communications and then international relations. And junior year, they only have one class and it's philosophy. And the second semester, they're taking economics. Senior year, they do independent study and it's all about getting their senior project developed, implemented, and performing for a panel, usually live, but it's going to be video presentations this time, their project to a panel of members from the community. And these members can be parents, staff, administration, political figures, business members, all kinds of people. And they evaluate the student senior projects. They must complete 100 hours of community service, and they also must complete a 75-hour internship. Wow, that is a lot. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that these students are probably the top of their class, right? They usually are the best, in my opinion, the best of the best. That's why I'm doing this, because I think they're outstanding kids. What's been the most unique or interesting uh, project, uh, senior project that you've seen uh, as, as your time working with Civitas? Oh, wow. So there are lots of them, lots of them. But the one that really sticks out to me is 
actually, I think it was your, it was Kabir's class. Lauren Calcogno's uh, senior project, it was a 5K fun run that she put on, and it was just about as professional as any kind of 5K run I've done in my lifetime. And it was there on the levy, and she generated like $7,500 to give back to the place where she interned, which was the American River Parkway Foundation. Wow. And she also raised awareness about invasive species and whatnot. Well, that 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 is amazing. I'm I'm guessing that you see a lot of amazing senior projects over the years. So, um, what is your favorite part about the program as a whole? Oh, I really enjoy watching the kids grow. So, as the I'm the recent coordinator. I I don't know if recent is the right word because this is my third year, I believe it is, where I'm on my own. But before that, I was. The coordinators like understudy where I was learning how to run the program. So I've been able to see these kids since their freshman year and watching them grow up and then seeing them cross that stage senior year. I love that. I love the maturity and the poise and the confidence that you see develop over that time. Yeah, you must really be able to develop a connection with uh, all your students that you're working with. I mean, it's it's not exactly the same, but I feel like it's similar to like an AVID program where you're with your teacher all the way through your four years and you you graduate with your class and it kind of builds that community over the year. Am I right? Yes, it, it does, especially yeah. for the kids because they are together, whereas they don't have the same teacher. But as the coordinator, I do have access to them all four years. Yeah, that that, that is that's amazing. Um, what have you found to be the greatest success in the program that, that you work with? Hmm. I think that it is really giving the students an opportunity to challenge themselves if they want to, such as Lauren and her senior project. She could have done something so much easier. She could have hosted, not that this is an easy project, but she could have hosted an invasive species cleanup day or a river pathway cleanup day or something like that. Very commendable projects. But she went above and beyond and challenged herself and did things like an adult and listening to her make phone calls to the county to get civic permits, to get clearance for uh, authorization to clear the insurance. It was crazy the amount of work she went to do this project. I think that that's very rewarding to watch kids become capable of whatever they set their mind to. Yeah, and do they work together um, in, in class? Do you guys ever do group projects, or is it mostly solo work? Well, it's different now with COVID, obviously. Yeah. But typically, there is quite a bit of group work. COVID's made teaching Civitas extremely challenging. I, I've heard it from all the teachers who are teaching classes in the program. It's not meant to be taught in isolation on a screen. It's just not. It's too interactive. How can you be an active, engaged citizen when you can't even talk or engage in person? Exactly. And just with, with, with that, how have you shifted your teaching? Um, what's been the biggest adjustment for that? For me, the biggest challenge has been the speech program, doing the speech classes, because when you have to make sure that kids put their cameras on for speeches that's that's an issue and how is that really public speaking when you're presenting to a screen of kids yeah not a live audience of public people it's it's not the same they're not getting the same experience and it's 
it's not as rewarding for them and it's certainly not as rewarding for me. Uh, we can just we can just hope that we get a more realistic experience ne- next year. Exactly. Well, the kids who are come who are back now in cohort A or B, they will be delivering their speeches in person. It might be to seven other kids, yeah. but seven other kids live is better than a screen. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. So what what clubs are you involved or a part of with with Rio? Um, just how many have you uh, gotten yourself into? Too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I am the mock trial attorney. No, excuse me. I am the mock trial teacher coach, and that means I assist the attorney in his work getting kids prepared. I have. There are too many. Really. <laughs> <laughs> So do you do, do students just come to you and ask you to be their advisor and you have a hard time saying no to the students or how did that I happen? Do. It's always that way. If the kids need want something, I want to make sure that they have it and, you know, reasonably acceptable. You know, if if they're interested in doing something, oh, kid, kicks for keeps. These are programs when we used to have JSA. These were programs I thought were also beneficial for the kids and really effective programs to help them develop their active citizenship. So, of course, I want to support those programs. Yeah, and I, I commend you for working with all these students and making these clubs possible because it's I know it takes a lot of work, so I really uh, that, that looks really great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so what's your favorite part about being a teacher? The kids. <laughs> mm. And do you have a favorite class, uh, a favorite class you like teaching? Speech. I really love speech because I get to teach the two elements of public speaking or speech, which is the content and the delivery. So if I can do it well, and most often I think I do do it pretty well, not so much this year because of the situation, I am also helping them become better writers and critical thinkers. And that's very important to me. I love what my major is. What is, your, what is your major? I majored in English. English, yeah. And, and had, I began as a philosophy major and hit logic and struggled terribly with it, symbolic logic, and went to English. What, what brought you into education? I always wanted to teach. I taught my baby sister every day when I'd come home from school. She's three years younger than I, and every day I'd come home and teach her something. So, so who, I always wanted to teach. Who is your favorite teacher and your favorite class when you were younger? Oh, wow. <laughs> the person I think that I attribute to where I am today would have to be Mr. Miller. He was my senior English teacher. Very, very aggravating and annoying and passionate about his subject matter. And he made you work. So it sounds like English has always been a big part about your life, right? I do. I love reading. I love reading. And I like writing. Not creative writing, but I like writing. Do you have a favorite author? Yes. Who's that? Well. If you have a top three, you can go ahead and <laughs> l- l- list the I top three, John too. I love John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath. I think John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath is one of the most beautiful books. But I also, I love Fitzgerald's writing style. 
it's so lyrical and beautiful and it's magical the way he puts words together in my mind do you have your students read any novels in in class as in a, English class? Yeah, as a part of the uh, your curriculum. For Civitas, they read mostly textbook stuff, and then they will read other books too, like you know, supplementary books that can go with the teaching of the unit. For example, like different essays or different examples of speeches to help them understand things about speech. And in the other Civitas classes, they do the same, but we don't. Well, they do. They used to read 1984, except for we had to pull that out because teachers in the senior year wanted to teach it in English. Yeah, that. But in the English class, yeah, we read a lot of novels. Yeah, I know for sure. I know I'm in, I'm in AP Lang too, and he has us reading a lot of stuff out of the textbook. And unfortunately, it hasn't been the the same as like reading in class or being assigned. But we've definitely done a lot of reading out of our textbooks, reading like short stories and kind of annotating them and doing that that way. And do you have, is it Mahoney this year? We we actually haven't read a, um, he hasn't assigned us an actual novel yet. It's just been reading out of, a little bit out of the textbook. And then he's been assigning us like short stories to read and annotate that way. So it's been a little yeah, bit, a little bit different. Correct. Yeah. Well, because the focus is on language. So you're not going to spend much time in literature. Oh, that's for next year, probably. Yeah. We did. Yeah, exactly. You'll get literature much more next year. So I'd like to transition to the hot topic of distance learning um, from your perspective. So how do you feel about um, just doing it from from a distance uh, with cameras? How are you doing tests? And just how have you been able to teach and educate your students through the distance learning model? (laughs) Am I allowed to be negative? Uh, yeah, we just want an honest opinion from you. Uh, you can be however, however you feel about it, yeah. I think it's terrible for the kids. Yeah. And I think it's terrible for me, for sure. I, I have a hard time teaching this platform because my philosophy, my teaching philosophy has always been centered on the three R's of rigor, relevance, and relationships. Well, you can't ask kids to take on rigorous coursework or really show them the relevance if you can't have a relationship with them. And it's almost impossible to have a relationship with a little black screen with a name in it. Definitely. You can't connect with somebody that way. So I have not enjoyed it much. I am thrilled to be back, even if it's two kids in one class, eight kids in another class, seven in another. It's better than looking at a screen of black boxes with names in them. So the adjustment to hybrid has been much better, even if it is a smaller class size. You, you've been enjoying it? I have been, and I'm really excited about the possibility of them combining A and B cohorts together. Because then a classroom of 17 is a classroom. Definitely. like You can do debates. You can do things like that. Like I had one other person in my A-push class with me wearing cohort B, and it was me and one other person. And it was just... it was. It was nice. I had one-on-one time with the teacher, basically, but it was just kind of crazy. I'm looking forward for them, yeah, to mix those groups together to get a larger class size. So I definitely agree with I that. I hope they do that soon. Yeah. So w- when you do get a full classroom of, say, 15 students, uh, what, what's going to be the first thing on your agenda? What, what's the first thing you want to get done? Some form of 
cooperative learning, although we'll keep distance, you know, where kids are engaging and discussing a lesson instead of me trying to pull things out of them from a screen because they hate engaging on Zoom. They'll say it all the time. I don't like to talk on Zoom. I don't want to have my camera on. I get it. I do. I do. It's it's just really not supportive of the true teaching spirit. Yeah, so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to having them engage with each other. Some teachers required their students to have their cameras on. How do you feel about that? Um, you can, all honesty. I, yeah. Honestly, I believe that we're not supposed to force it. Yeah. And I'm, I don't. I don't mean that in any way to get anybody in trouble. If if they can ask for it and get the kids to do it and not have any kickback from it, that's great. But I'm not willing to push something that I believe we were not supposed to push. No, Except def- for in speech. On the day that they deliver their speeches, they have to have their cameras on. Definitely, yeah. And I find it really hard to really just stay engaged with the computer screen. I know a lot of students did too it's just like it's so hard to not just go start doing something else i mean it's it's hard to stay engaged i mean have you found that with with your classes too oh i know that they're not with me i i'll do <laughs> i'll do this i'll say wiggle 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 because i need to see them wiggle and then they'll turn their screens on and they'll wiggle for me <laughs> because i they're not i'll call on somebody and Sometimes they answer and sometimes they don't because sometimes they're probably not in the room. Yeah, they're just, I mean, who knows, just going down and getting breakfast. I mean, walking around their room. I mean, it's just, it's hard to sit by the computer screen, especially when it was, we were like all day. We would go through, we'd feel like we were on our computers all day. It was like, it was really hard to stay there and just sit there and do all that work, you know? Yeah, very much so. Do you think that the kids will be okay coming back to school and... Do you think that, because it was always the cell phone that was an issue in class, right? We had yeah. to watch you guys with cell phones. Now I'm afraid you guys are going to be even more tethered to the technology. I, I know. It's just like, I'm hoping students want to come back. I know I, I do. Um, I want to have a more, I got a bigger class size. But it's weird because we're in class and it's like, we're all on our devices still. Because it's like, everything's posted on Google Classroom. It's like, there's no paper handouts. So it's like... It's still a different environment, you know? Yep. So with with you having your, uh, we're in hybrid right now, um, have you had any struggles with that or has it been all, all great so far? It's It's been great with an exception to the, the class, my philosophy class. I have two students in, in one of the classes and you can't, you can't do the activities with two students. You yeah. just can't. And it's been frustrating because I set up activities that have now been trashed because the kids aren't in the same cohort, so they were going to debate partner to partners. And I also had guest philosophy professors from Sac State that would come every couple weeks, and now that's very challenging. We're probably not going to get to have the last three philosopher professors come. Yes, so that's what's kind of bummery about the hybrid situation it just really messed up the original schedule definitely yeah 
So how do you feel about the um, the learning loss that students have kind of suffered from just because it's been less hours of school, less, um, I feel like it's been less work too. So it's like, how do you feel about going into next year with some students being behind, whether they're freshmen, sophomores, or juniors going into senior year? Um, how do you feel like teachers are going to combat that next year with some students maybe being a little bit behind? I think that all teachers need to just realize you you look at what you have in front of you and you teach what you have in front of you. And if that means you have to go back and teach something to get to where you need to be, then you do it. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know how um, we were already doing um, distance learning and that was um, less than the year before. And then now we're on a hybrid system where that's even more abbreviated. So it, it feels like we're doing less and less school. So it's like, you, you know what I mean? I, I know. Yeah. I, I thought that at first, too, when they mentioned the hybrid. I'm like, so you're going to take away more time? Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> Plus, they just completely trashed Wednesdays, which I'm actually a fan of because uh, it gives us time to kind of recoup and do our work on Wednesdays. How do you feel about the open Wednesday spot? I like it a lot because it was really kind of pointless and a waste of time to come and take attendance and check in. and You couldn't do anything. I know. It was like 15 minutes. It was like we log on and we're logging off. Like it's there was like no point to it. Yeah, so I do think that that was understandable to let that one go. I do. But I just think bring back A and B. C wants to stay home. Fine, I guess. But bring back A and B and let's go four days a week. <laughs> I totally agree. And I hope they're um, they're working on that now because that would be very beneficial for everyone, teachers and students who would put – um, more students in the classroom and it would it would make less work for the teachers too because they wouldn't have to be doing two um, two different Zooms or would you guys still be having to Zoom for Group C? Well, we still would have to Zoom with that C cohort but it, it just would it, I think it would just elevate spirits it's it's better <laughs> Yeah, so it would be more it would be more beneficial for the students that are coming back so there's you, you'll get a bigger class size that, that would be the biggest benefit, right? Yeah and what would be a, a piece of advice for a struggling student um, during distance learning through hybrid just throughout this year? What would you like to like to tell that student? To, well, I actually did have a student in Civitas, a sophomore kid, who said, I'm studying for the GED. I'm just going to be done. And I also have a current junior who is finishing her internship and her senior, the pro, senior project at the same time so that she can graduate year early and I, I it just breaks my heart that this has killed a lot of kids I guess desire to learn yeah it makes me very sad it's just made learning so challenging for them that they don't even want to try so this isn't gonna last forever the pandemic can't go on forever it is already getting better so we just go each day and do the best we can, and it's going to get better, and then there you go. Definitely. And hopefully it doesn't kill learning. <laughs> yeah, I know you definitely want to see students uh, pushing through because we know that the reward's going to be big. Um, hopefully next year we're going to get, get back to some more uh, normalcy. I think we will, don't you? Definitely, yeah. I mean, as the vaccine con uh, continues to be distributed and um, just going through the summer, hopefully we keep our cases down and hopefully we're, we're cleared to 
get back on campus. I mean, even if we have to wear masks, I hope that we can be back on campus uh, learning like how we were before. I agree. I agree. So uh, winding down here, uh, our last question for you. What are you looking forward to most for next year? I'm kind of a geek because I really, really enjoy kids. I, I They crack me up. They make me think. They teach me things. And I love the chatter. I love to hear the sound of kids talking, laughing, teasing, all the crazy things you guys do. I cannot wait to have my ears full of that stuff again. I've missed it terribly. And terribly. The, let, let's hope we uh, we get that next year because I think everyone everyone's on the same page with that. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode four of the San Juan Unified Student Podcast. I really appreciate your time, Miss Seibel. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Same to you, and thank you very much. Of course. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode four of the San Juan Unified Student Podcast. I'm your host, Nanak Tagore. Please feel free to email me or you can find me on Twitter or Instagram with requests for future guests or just let me know you thought about the show. All my info will be available to you in the description. I'd also like to shout out Zubin Tagore, who does all the work behind the scenes making the show possible. I'll be back here next time.